0: Public, my friends, and welcome to another edition of Coyote Calls with me, your host, Mike Chairpock. And uh, before we get started, I just wanted to reach out to all of you and ask, hey, did any of you get the number of the bus that ran over the coyotes last night? Holy moly, a lot to cover here um, and not a lot of it good. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, well, you know, it's an exhibition game. But there were some major fundamental flaws and we're going to discuss those and the need to fix them right away. We're going to start out with a couple of things that I noticed From the beginning of the 2019 season, if you can join me in thinking way back to October 2019, I know it seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, you know the Coyotes were having a real problem with offensive players getting behind our D. and. I saw it again in last night's exhibition game. And while, yeah, you're shaking off some rust and it's only an exhibition game, et cetera, et cetera, still these, these are things that can't happen at any time. I mean, this shouldn't even be happening in a scrimmage with your own team, letting offensive players get behind the D. And it didn't happen once, it didn't happen twice, three times in the first period alone we were caught flat footed in the neutral zone and ended up either with an odd man rush or a breakaway. And so this is something that going into the playoffs, which is two days from now, it has to be addressed. The positive on that is back in October when I made the observation that this needed to be addressed, it was addressed in short order. A couple of other things fell apart at the time, but uh, they did do a nice job of making sure that we always had somebody back and covering when we had um, a defenseman moving up into the play or trying to make a play in the neutral zone. So that's something that I'm sure uh, Tockett had no qualms about uh, getting hard on the guys About You can't have that happen at this point going into the playoffs. And the other thing that I noticed we had a problem both at the beginning of the season and again last night was trying to clear the defensive zone. Now look. We're gonna be going into a short series against a tenacious Nashville Predators team known for their forecheck, known for getting the puck in deep and then keeping it in. And if you're gonna have trouble getting the puck out of the zone on your first, second, even third try, you're gonna lose games in short order. One of the things that I didn't like about these corner board battles last night was we had a lot of chipping at the puck. In other words, you go into the corner instead of trying to hang on to it and gain control. I mean, that's what a board battle is. For those of you that are not familiar with the term, a board battle is where puck is against the boards, obvious, and two or more players are fighting for possession. You usually end up using your feet, as well as your sticks, and trying to control that puck until you can get some kind of sole possession, and then move it out of that scrum to another player who's available to move it up ice. But when you go into the corner with another player from the opposite team, and instead of trying to gain control of that puck, you just chip at it. You take a swipe at it with your stick. Most times that's not going to be successful because first of all, you haven't taken a look around to see who's even available if you do make contact. And guess what? There's somebody else with the same idea. They're going in to keep you from being able to do that. And so they're going to be using their body, their skates, their stick to try and jam you up. And this is especially true in the corner of your defensive zone. So, going into those board battles in the corners, it's imperative that players go in and control the puck, even if it means that you're freezing the puck for a time with your skates and then kicking it along uh, using your um, stick to jam up another player's stick on the puck. Make sense? So, your opposing player has their stick on the puck and you jam their stick with your stick so that it's pushing the puck up against the board these are board battles that you have to win and especially in your own defensive zone and and we weren't doing that not not only were we not winning those board battles but that swiping at the puck a lot of times was keeping the play In our own defensive zone, puck going a little bit up the boards, but then ending up on the stick of a Vegas player. Okay, so two things that need to be addressed right away. Number one, getting caught flat footed in the uh, neutral zone and losing those corner board battles because you're just chipping away. Let me, let me harp on that for just a second, because this is something that if you've been listening to these podcasts all along, you know that early last season, I was really coming down hard on the guys about this. When you take that split second, you get your stick on the puck, take a second Look up the ice, look in the corners, see who's available for you to move the puck to. Makes a huge difference when you try and break that puck out of your own zone. When you just take a swipe at it, you have no idea what that's gonna hit, how it's gonna deflect and where it's gonna end up. You've gotta have a presence of mind to be able to settle things down, get control of the puck on your stick and then make a quality pass, either behind your own net or up the ice. All right. Um, so the other thing that plagued the Coyotes from early on was penalties and we can talk about officiating if you want and it's an easy way out. I'm sure that you as well as I saw several instances where penalties could have gone against Vegas and they weren't called and then the same type of play, uh, on the part of the Coyotes ended up in a, uh, penalty so the hit to Nick Schmaltz was horrible in slow motion it looked blatant big guy coming at a smaller guy did the elbow come up I think it did should it have ended up you know it's funny that somebody else ended up with a penalty on the play for yeah it was a hold but it was a very minor hold And then the big play, the elbow to the head, that knocks a guy out of the game, no call. And this is something that we all need to get used to. It's not only the players that are shaking off rust, it's the officials as well. And so if we're going to start worrying about and playing to the way the games are being called by the referees, we're in for a very short postseason run uh, because you just can't do it. They're going to see what they see. They're going to miss what they miss. It's nothing new. It's an age-old story. If it's going against your team, obviously it's horrible. If it's going against the other team, obviously you agree with the call. So it's something the Coyotes need to put behind them. And we as fans, we can't focus on it. Um, One of the other things that, and again, what was really hard about watching this game last night was the problems that led to the loss are problems that we had fixed early in the season. And for some reason, it shouldn't come back. I mean, you took a couple of months off, I understand, but it's part of the system. And what I'm talking about right now is flybys. And so, you know, I've used this term before, a flyby is when, you um, You dump a puck in, for example, to the offensive zone. You chase after the puck. The defense gets there first. They get their stick on the puck. And instead of engaging that player, you kind of fly by. You skate past them as if you know they're going to pass the puck a certain way. So you're going into the corner, and instead of engaging that player, you skate past them, maybe behind their own net thinking, okay, well, they're probably going to try and pass it off to somebody else. Um, a player on the opposing team gets the puck along the boards, and instead of engaging that player either with a hit or a stick on stick, you fly by. You kind of skate past them. Um, a player breaking the puck out of their own zone on the opposing team, and you come skating in, and instead of engaging that player, you wheel around and you head towards another um opponent or even start back checking prematurely and these flybys let me tell you the problem with them number one they don't work they simply don't work all that it does is within 10 minutes of the start of the game the opposing team realizes they have an extra one two seconds to decide what to do with the puck when you're not engaging them then they have time to do what I was just saying before about the puck battle, and that is to make sure they have good possession, take a look around, see who's open, see who's not open, or decide to skate the puck up. And it's just lazy hockey, it's lazy hockey. And you'll see it a lot, fly a lot when players are in possession of the puck, okay? Your teammates coming in, you're coming in with them into the offensive zone, and you get close to the net and instead of stopping so that now you're on the corner of the crease or in front of the net, you wheel away. And where where are you going? What are you looking for? When you have possession of, when your team has possession of the puck and they're hopefully going to take a shot on goal, where are you wheeling around to? You need to put the brakes on and you need to stop there on the corner of the crease or in front of the net so that you're there to take The rebound should have come out to you. So these flybys is another thing that we need to change. It wasn't all horrible and one of the last night's game, it wasn't all horrible. And really, um, Kemper's play after he settled down a bit kept the coyotes in the game. And when Taylor Hall scored in the third period, I thought, Okay, here we go. Goaltending kept us in the game, kept it close, now it's two to one and ready to take control of the game now unfortunately that didn't happen and i do want to talk a little bit more about goaltending but we're going to do it right after we take a very short break so don't go anywhere we're going to come right back at you with just a little bit more Looking For an exciting non stop non contact sport utilizing many of the strategies of hockey, you have got to try out the new sport of sabaki ball. You can get more information about sabaki ball at sabaki ball.com. That's sabaki ball.com. Okay, we back. And thanks for hanging with me. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, there were some positives. There's some things that we can look at from last night's exhibition game against Vegas and go, okay, well, that was nice. Um, Definitely Taylor Hall looked engaged, definitely looked engaged, made a couple of bonehead plays, but definitely was engaged in what was going on. Connor Garland, of course, you know, we never need to question the boy. He's always going to have his mind game. I thought he came out kind of slow in the first period, but uh, he definitely got his wheels going by the third period as well. Um, uh, The defense, other than getting caught flat footed a couple of times, I thought played a fairly solid game. The penalty kill, I know that we gave one up, but uh, the penalty kill looked pretty solid. I thought they played uh, pretty well and were able to kill off a four-minute penalty to ekman uh, uh, not ekman Larson, I'm sorry, I think that was uh, Dalmerson. What was that about? I mean, talk about a guy that doesn't normally get tagged for <laughs> unsportsmanlike conduct, but I think he was probably sick of the officiating at that point as well. Um, I thought he had a pretty good game, though, overall. So uh, uh, where was Phil Kessel? Uh, again, you know, listening to him, after the regular season was canceled and, you know, he had been playing injured and now he feels 100%, I'm gonna come out. Now look, the way that I make these observations is when I'm watching the game, I count how many times I call out a number or a name. So, you know, I'm watching the game, we're breaking into the zone, oh, nice zone entry by so-and-so. And if I haven't called your name, in quite a while, then your feet aren't moving. You aren't part of the success of the team. You're part of the problem. And so I'm I'm looking at a couple of guys that I was really hoping to see more from. Now look, again, I wanted to focus a little bit on some of the positives. But So Taylor Hall, I liked his game. Ekman Larson, I liked his game for the most part. Got caught flat-footed once or twice. Uh, Connor Garland, I liked his game. Wasn't all that thrilled with Keller, but, you know, there's, that's nothing new. I think I've got to get over my dislike of the way he plays the game. But um, I thought that uh, uh, Schmaltz was playing well before he got hurt. But let me go back to the goaltending, because that is something I wanted to make sure to touch on. Uh, So the first goal given up on the two-on-one shorthanded, not much you can do on that. I think that you kind of know the pass is going to come across. And, um, I think that in hindsight, Kemper's probably thinking that is one he should have got in the glove and he missed it. Not by much, but it's a bang, bang play right there. Two on one shorthanded and, at the start of the game too relatively early in the game and so you haven't had a chance to really get your groove on as he showed later he was able to do so we're going to let that one go the second goal you know it kind of looked like it went off of a body there in front I I didn't get to see it often in slow motion I might actually watch the replay on uh, Fox Sports Go and uh, take a look at that again and slow it down for myself it looked like it went off of a body right before it went in front but Without a doubt, um, he was screened. Kemper was screened on the player play and just not a whole lot he could do. It was a goal. The shot shouldn't have happened you know, when you have the offense coming in and you're allowing them to push your defense back as happened on that play, somebody's taking the wrist shot from the hash marks, you know, that's a defensive error. You shouldn't be allowing that player to get that close in. So again, I thought other than the two goals that although Kemper may have wanted him back, I don't really think those were his fault. I thought he played a a really good game, a really solid game. He kept the Coyotes in it, and as I said earlier, uh, when Hall scored that goal, funny goal, by the way. Talk about a dirty goal, you know. And I'm sure, I'm sure he would rather have sniped one in than that bouncing pinball that went in. But still, uh, right there, you're back in the game because of your goaltending. Moving on to Antiranta, thought he looked okay. I thought he looked okay. Um, The goal he gave up, if you watch the play, he got caught cheating. And go back and watch the replay in slow motion, and you'll see that his eyes followed the Vegas player with the puck towards the corner and then decided that the shot wasn't going to come, and instead it was going to be a pass, and you can watch – Ronta's eyes as he looked into the slot to see where the pass was going to go. And the next thing he knew, the puck was coming up over his glove hand. And so it's really interesting to watch. And And I love that kind of nuanced stuff where a brilliant save is made because you did take that peek into the slot. The pass did go to that guy in the slot, and you saw it all the way, and you look like a genius. Unfortunately, when the pass doesn't come and that weird shot from the corner uh, goes in, you kind of look dumb. Uh, But anyway, I thought both goaltenders did okay, and they should not be a problem. I'm looking forward to the start of some real play Sunday morning. I hope you're all going to be joining me and watching the game. In the meantime, stick with them. They're going to be okay. Let's bring it, boys.